0: Sunday Showcase, highlighting some of the best audio storytelling found anywhere. All right here on the Mutual Audio Network.
1: The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended.
2: Welcome back to Mutual Presents Episode 5.3. I'm Jack Ward, right here with my co-pilot ready to thrust forward to yesterday's future, Penny the Cat. This week, we're back to the amazing Exploring Tomorrow with the first baby in space and the adventure of the Beauty Queen. So wind back those clocks as we whip around
3: the sun and begin today's adventure. Exploring Tomorrow
0: And now, here is your guide to these adventures of the mind, John Campbell. When men start a new project, it starts with a plan. The plan has to be carried out, worked through, the details arranged for. You don't have any trouble until the thing you did not expect turns up. So far, human research has achieved an unmanned satellite in space. The sole purpose of any of these devices, any machine, is to serve human beings. The machine goes first to try things out, but the sole purpose of doing it is so that men can follow, and women too. But there are problems of purely human nature. That sometimes complicate the most scientific of plans. Champagne. Oh there you are, my dearest. My darling, my love, champagne.
3: Oh, good heavens, Seth. You think we were getting married all over again. Oh,
0: why not? Let's make this our second wedding day. A celebration to end all celebrations. Besides, it is almost our first anniversary. Happy almost first anniversary, Lieutenant Alice Britton. Oh,
3: no. No, if this is going to be a late wedding feast, you must call me Mrs. Captain Jeffrey Britton. I demand my rights as a legally wedded wife, even if you do outrank me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't giggle.
0: It's not proper for an officer in the United States Space Service to giggle. And for goodness sake, don't tell me the champagne bubbles tickle your nose. Oh, they don't. I
3: love the stuff. Pour me another.
0: <laughs> another. My dear Mrs. Britton, that was the finest half pint of domestic champagne available, which is all a mere captain can afford. There is no more. Oh,
3: Shane. The finest rocket pilot in the United States, and you can't even afford another bottle? No,
1: not even for a going-away party. Oh, Jeff.
3: It is a going-away party, isn't it? I won't see you for six oh. months.
0: Now, come on, sweetheart, don't cloud up and rain. It's good duty, and you'll be back soon. Six months isn't forever, you know.
3: Oh, I know. But being stuck up on an artificial satellite for six months without you isn't my idea of fun.
0: Oh, look, sweetheart, you'll like it up there. It's the oldest and biggest of our manned space stations. It has plenty of room inside and a crew of 400 officers and men. It even rotates on its axis to give you artificial gravity. At least you don't have to worry about space sickness. Oh, <laughs>
3: Jeff, don't be so serious. It's not the fact that I have to be up there that bothers me. It's just that I'm going to miss you. Ah,
1: I thank you so much
0: for that. I'll miss you, too. But there's nothing we can do about
3: it. How right you are. The Space Service has no use whatsoever for personal feelings. Except, of course, that they hope you don't get killed. Do you know what?
1: I give up what?
3: I was shown an instruction film told all about Space Station One. You know how safe it is. Did you know that every compartment has individual heating and oxygen supply in case of emergency? And did you know that all the walls are filled with a plastic self-sealing compound like a a car tire so that if a small meteor hits, it it won't lose too much air?
0: Sure, it's safe. A thousand miles straight up over Earth and you're as safe as in your bed at home. (laughs)
3: Hooray for safety. Mm. And now, my dear cheapskate husband... Will you do me the favor of buying me another bit of champagne? I will have to buy it myself. Oh,
0: darling, darling, this is our last night together for six months. So I suppose I'll have to buy more champagne. (laughs) Hey, waiter! Nurse Jenkins sent in Lieutenant Britton.
3: She'll be right in, doctor. You wanted to see me, Major James?
0: I certainly do. Being medical officer of Space Station 1 isn't an easy job under any circumstances. But you have made it ten times as difficult. I
3: didn't mean to cause you any trouble, sir. Well,
0: you certainly have. I just got the laboratory report. The test was positive.
3: It was? Oh, that's wonderful. Wonderful?
0: What do you mean, wonderful? Well, I... My dear Lieutenant Britton, has it escaped your flittery female mind that you were in Space Station 1 in an orbit more than a thousand miles from the surface of Earth? Have you forgotten that? No, sir. Well, if I had Captain Britton up here, I'd personally break his neck, but he's not. He's safe down on earth while you're the one who's going to have the baby. Major
3: James, neither my husband nor I intended this to happen. Of
0: course not, but he did, nevertheless. Oh. I suppose it's not your fault, Lieutenant, but it leaves me in an awkward position. What are we going to do? This is a space satellite, not an obstetrics ward. I have neither the drugs nor the equipment to take care of you. Of
3: course not. You'll have to send me back down to Earth when the next rocket
0: leaves. You've been up here two months now, and your baby is due in another seven months. Do you think I would risk sending you down to Earth in a rocket at nine gravities of acceleration? Not at this stage of the game, Lieutenant. how, How
3: can I stay here? There's
0: nothing else you can do. I'll... I'll have to contact the hospital at White Sands Rocket Base and have them send up the equipment I need on the regular supply rockets. Whether we like it or not, you'll be staying with us for a while. And we're going to have to take very good care of you.
1: Exploring Tomorrow continues in just a moment. This is Bill Goodwin. You know, someone once said humor is the true democracy. And that's why we Americans can smile when we tell the stories of the legendary heroes who helped to build our country's great institutions and industries. Like Bull Egg Bill, hero of the tuna fishing industry. Back in Provincetown, Massachusetts, they claimed that when it came to hauling in the horse mackerel, as the eastern is called tuna, Bill could handle two gaffs at once and catch more than any six men put together. And they're still talking about the time Bill caught old Slickbritches, the biggest horse mackerel of them all. No one could ever get his hooks into Slickbritches, who weighed 2,000 pounds and had a tail six feet long. But Bowleg Bill promised to land him single-handed. He set out in his boat, talked up, and when he spotted Slickbritches, he made a grab for him, but the tuna slipped through his hands. So Bill dove over the side, and before folks knew what had happened, Bill was sitting astride old Slickbritches, who was bucking like a bronco. He leaped almost a mile out of the water, but Bill hung on. All over the harbor they went, jumping and leaping, but still Bill hung on. Flashed leap over the toss-up, and then calmed down all the fight gone out of him. Bill steered him toward shore, but all of a sudden he headed him back out to sea, slapped the tuna's tail, and jumped off. Now, folks were mighty disappointed when Slick Bridges disappeared, but it was like Bill told them, there's nothing that'll break a cowhand's heart so quick as to find a critter with the rough all rode off at the first mount. Yes, sir, it is a democracy which lets us tell the stories of such a legendary character as Bowleg Bill with a twinkle in our eyes and a chuckle in our throats. And so long as we continue to laugh together as a people, ladies and gentlemen, we will live together as a nation.
0: Alice had called attention to the fact that the space station... Had not been adequately designed. It had been designed all right to take care of men and of women. But taking care of human individuals is not enough if we are to really enter the space stage. We have to take care of the human race. That's something Alice was bringing to attention.
3: Here's some more of the laboratory reports on Lieutenant Alice Britton, Doctor.
0: Oh, yes, from her last checkup. How is she doing this?
3: Seems to be doing quite well, Doctor. The light gravity is helping, I think.
0: Only 59 days to go. Less than two months, if our figuring is correct. I have nearly all the equipment I need now, and by the time she's ready, it'll all be here.
3: I've been checking it off the list as the supply rockets unload each piece. You don't have far to go. You
0: know, nurse, uh, five months ago when I found out that Lieutenant Britton was going to have a baby, I was really worried. But now it looks as though there's going to be nothing to it. One of the doctors from White Sands Rocket Base is coming up next month to help, and everything ought to go pretty smoothly. I was sure worried for a while.
3: Why were you worried, Doctor?
0: After all, women aren't supposed to go around having babies in space stations.
3: Well, it <laughs> looks as though Lieutenant Britton's going to set a precedent.
0: <laughs> Good heavens, I hope not. If all the women in the space service get that idea, we'll be running a nursery up here, not a fueling station. Well,
3: you'll just have to. Uh,
0: emergency signal. There's been an night here.
3: Phone, Doctor.
0: Yeah, I'll get it. Sick ward, Major James speaking. What? What? Have you got her out of there? Well, then put her on the stretcher and get her to Ward 3. I'll be right down. What happened, Doctor? A small meteorite hit Section 6, and Lieutenant Britton was in there when it happened. They're bringing her up now, but there's no way of knowing how badly she's hurt. Right, be careful. Easy now. Now put the stretcher down on the bed. Easy. That's it. I'll yeah. just take it easy, Lieutenant. All right, men, uh, she'll be all right
1: now. Thanks. Close the door, please.
3: Oh. Oh. I heard all over. Now,
0: you'll be okay. Nurse Jingus will bring down a high in a few minutes. You'll be all right.
3: Well, I think I'll live, Major. But my ears are still ringing. Now, you
0: must have lost air. Can you tell me what happened?
3: I was in Section 6 checking some meters. All of a sudden, bam... A little meteor punctured the outer wall. Just just a little bit of rock the size of a marble. But it was moving fast enough to put a hole in the wall. It
0: sure was. Then what?
3: When I wasn't hit, the air started going out into the vacuum of space. The wall itself ceiling, but a, a lot of air left the room before the hole closed. The automatic door closed. My ears were ringing. Everything got fuzzy. I guess I fainted. Well, you're lucky
0: the meteor was small and moving fairly slowly. Ceiling compound in the wall closed the hole before you lost too much air, really. Uh, your nose isn't bleeding. You haven't got the bends, at least.
3: No, but I'm afraid the baby's going to be here sooner than we expected.
0: Yes, it looks like it. And don't worry. Seven month babies are just as good as nine month ones. And you're a pretty healthy girl. You'll be all right. And so will the baby.
3: I know we will. Take care of us, will you, Major? Sure.
0: Don't worry. That's what I'm here for. Remember? she knows
3: gave her a hypo she'll be able to relax a little she's lucky to be alive no, it's
0: not all luck everything worked automatically that's what saved her Oh,
3: well, she's all right now so you want me to prepare the room next to her there's a delivery room we'll need it soon well that's what i was
0: afraid of but how soon do you Maybe think
3: not more than an hour or two i'd say what's the matter doctor you look worried your
0: premature baby has to have a specialized environment an incubator if it doesn't its chances of survival are small right
3: well yes well we haven't
0: got an incubator The nearest one is more than 1,000 miles away, straight down. The plans that had been made, again, were not sufficient. You know, many times, a man who is working with machines and knows the machine in full, understands what it does and its functions has never recognized what its basic nature is. Uh, it's he too close to it. It's the forest and the trees again. And sometimes somebody who really doesn't know as much about the machine understands it better. Major James speaking. Yes, Colonel. From where? Europe. Yes, sir. Yes, I understand, sir. Very well, Colonel. Thank you. So, Brother,
3: that does it. What's the matter now, sir? Our
0: message to White Sands was intercepted. The newscasters have gotten hold of the story. The communications officer just picked up a broadcast from Europe. Big stuff. First baby born in space. Emergency measures being taken. The whole world knows about it now, and everybody on Earth is praying for Lieutenant Britton and her baby. Big sob
3: story. Oh, Doctor, you may not like all the publicity, and maybe it isn't a good thing in some ways, but personally, I'm kind of glad it happened.
1: Oh, but why?
3: Doctor, that girl may need all that praying.
0: Well, we better get things ready, Ness. How
3: long do we have?
0: Half an hour at the outside. I had Nurse Bryson fix up the preliminaries. Any news?
3: Uh, station commander called. He said that White Sands has assigned Captain Britton to pilot the rocket that's bringing up the incubator. She'll be glad to see him. She's supposed to have gone back to where some months ago. Yeah, it'll
0: probably do her good to see him.
3: How's she feeling now?
0: Oh, Pretty fair. I think she'll be all right. She's got a lot of nerve, that one.
3: She'll be every bit of nerve if she loses that baby.
0: I know, I know. You don't need to remind me. We need an incubator within half an hour, and there won't be one here for two hours. We haven't got it, and that's that. What can I do? I've tried everything.
3: Can't the construction crew build one?
0: I thought of that first thing. I called the construction officer. He told me that there isn't any spare material up here to build one out of. It costs plenty to ship stuff up here by rocket, so they only order what they absolutely need.
3: Isn't there anything at
0: all? Well, not unless they cut holes in the space station. And that's what they're doing. They're ripping out one of the partitions. They'll use a heater from a wall and the oxygen apparatus from a spacesuit. They're trying to get it finished in time.
3: But they won't finish in time, is that it?
0: That's it. They'll get done about 15 minutes before the rocket gets here. There's just no time, that's all. (laughs) Now try to take it easy, Lieutenant. Don't rush things.
3: Well, I'm not rushing anything.
0: Well, now don't worry about anything. You'll be all right.
3: I know, but I wish Jess was here.
0: Your husband is on his way, Lieutenant. He's taking a special rocket up from White Sands.
3: How long will it be? You'll we'll have to hurry. He'll
0: be a little late, I'm afraid. We have the delivery room already. It won't be long now.
3: I know it won't. Did you? Get all the stuff you need it. How... How about the incubator? Well... There...
0: There isn't any incubator. I didn't take the possibility of a premature delivery into our account. It's all my fault. But I've done what I could. Your husband is bringing an incubator up in the rocket. It won't be too long. I think we'll be able to keep the child in... <laughs> Good help until he gets here. Look, button. Alice, this is no time to get hysterical. It. I'm
3: not hysterical, Doctor. You are. Look at you. You're so nervous. You can't even think straight. Well,
0: well, well, oh, well, what do you mean?
3: Figure it out for yourself. Take a look around you. And ask yourself, why is a space station like an incubator?
0: Good heavens, of course, that's it. Can I come in?
3: Yes. Yeah. We have finally made it. Come over here.
0: Oh, hey, you look fine. How does it feel to be the most famous mother on <laughs> earth? Huh?
3: Or of it? Oh, I don't care about being famous. It's wonderful just to be a mother. And how do you feel, Daddy Britton? Oh, wonderful. Absolutely
0: wonderful. Say, I-, I brought you an incubator, but, but um Major James said that you won't need it. I asked him why, and he said he felt too, too foolish about it to explain. He said I should ask you. What's the story?
3: <laughs> well, it was very funny. The poor man was running around in circles worrying about an incubator. He had you bring one up, and I understand he had the construction crew tearing down the walls to make one. Really? Really. And I finally asked him, Why is a space station like an incubator? And he got it right away. Got it? Got what? Oh, don't you see, silly? A space station is a sort of an incubator. It protects us poor, weak humans from the airlessness and extremities of temperature in space. And each room of this station is a separate compartment. They can be self-sustaining if they have to.
0: So what did the major do?
3: He just had one whole room isolated. He raised the temperature, pumped in extra oxygen, and bingo, he had an incubator.
0: Well... Where is my son? I want to see him.
3: You're a daughter, dear, and she's in the next room. Uh-huh. Oh, but you can't go right in. You just wait. You've got a good many years ahead of you to get acquainted with her.
0: All right. I guess I just have to practice getting acquainted with you. <laughs> Come
3: here.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: There's the impression that science fiction has to do with machines. and It's all about gadgets and ray guns. It isn't. That's why it's science fiction. It has to do with human beings and the problems that human beings will have with the machines we do and must live with. And if the machines aren't properly designed to recognize that their purpose is to serve humanity, they're no good either. Heard in our cast tonight were Lawson Zerby, Carol Tytale, and the script was by Randell Garrett. Produced and directed by Sanford Martin in New York. Guy Wallace speaking. This is the world's largest network.
1: We pause now for station identification. program you are about
0: to hear is largely fiction, science fiction. We make no guarantees,
1: however, how long it will remain fiction.
0: Exploring tomorrow. And now, here is your guide to these adventures of the mind. John Campbell, Jr., The philosophers down the ages have hassled a long time and with many words about the good, the true, and the beautiful. The true, uh, well, that can be defined pretty objectively. But there's a peculiar thing about beautiful. What is beauty? And uh, in whose terms? Makes it difficult. With the story of The Adventure of the Beauty queen. It stars Miss Charlotte Sheffield, Miss United States of nineteen fifty eight. Beauty is a much more complicated problem than the question of truth, actually. A truth is an eternal thing. If it's true, it's true, and that's that. But beauty beauty is appropriate. It changes. As the situations change, it changes with time. I wonder how our own concepts of beauty, that is, our human race's concepts of beauty, will change as time goes by. Uh, Let's suppose that a famous young woman of our time, Miss United States, if you like, is awakened in her sleep by an alien presence, a strange force she feels but cannot see. It's something she knows is there. to the distant future. I am unborn in the way you think of it. And to me, you have been dead over a thousand years, Were I back in my own orbit.
2: Someone's playing a joke.
0: No, this is no joke. But please, don't be afraid. I mean no harm.
2: You're dead a thousand years. Whoever you are, what are you talking about?
0: Listen to me. Try to understand. I belong to a race of scientists... In simple words you can understand, we have a device which enables us to project ourselves into the past. You belong to the past. Do you understand? Yes. The device has made me conscious of you for a long time. I have used it to explore the past, and in these explorations, I have searched for the highest form of human beauty.
2: How do you know whether or not I'm beautiful if you can't see me?
0: The device tells me you're beautiful. Beauty, real beauty, is a force that transmits itself. That can be picked up by a form of radar. Please understand, I am only using terms I think you can follow. In my own orbit, I would not even talk to a child in such simple
2: terms. Go away. Please go away. I can't.
0: I'm in love with you. What? In love with you.
2: In love?
0: Yes. Very much. Is it funny? Yes. I don't think it is. But it is. Do women of your time always laugh at a man's love?
2: Oh, don't be silly. I wasn't laughing at you.
0: Well, then at what?
2: I just thought it was very funny. The idea of your being in love with a blip on a radar screen. After all, that's about what I am to you, isn't it? Oh, no. It must be.
0: No, no, the, the radar screen, as you call it, simply picked you up, pointed you out to us. Us? Uh, my associates and I. Oh. I, I felt very strongly drawn to you. I convinced my associates to conduct further experiments, actual contact with someone out of the past. You. I had to know you. I had to come into orbit with you.
2: Look. Don't you think this joke has gone far enough?
0: I told you this is not a joke.
2: Of course it is.
0: Well, you know better.
2: Oh, don't you suppose I know what's going on? I should have thought of it a long time ago.
0: What is going on?
2: Why, it's very simple. Someone installed a radio pickup in this room. And you're talking to me through a microphone.
0: Talking to you?
2: You are, aren't you? Oh, no. What do you mean, no?
0: I'm not talking to you. In the way you think I am. I'm projecting to you.
2: Oh, please stop this.
0: But it's not your voice I hear. I'm receiving impulses from you, not actual words. The device I mentioned interprets the nature of your impulses, translates them into my language. It does the same for you.
2: It's true. I don't hear your voice. Not not as a sound, I mean.
0: You begin to realize. Please stop. No, don't, don't be
2: afraid. Don't be afraid. You must be insane to say that. I'm I'm scared out of my life. I want to scream. I'm afraid to. I'm not even sure I'm awake. I'm not even sure I'm alive.
0: You're alive in your century. Now understand what I'm telling you. In a moment, you'll be drawn out of your orbit, projected into the future, into my orbit. I want to see you. I want to see if you're as beautiful as your impulses say you are. If you are, I'm afraid I'll keep you where I am in the future.
2: No, I don't believe any of it. You're mad. Whoever you are, you're quite insane.
0: Are you receiving Don't be afraid. You're in limbo. On your way into my orbit. Exploring Tomorrow continues in just a moment. All of us, as American citizens, believe in our inherent liberties and freedoms such as the freedom of the individual to choose and elect his own national representatives. It has been said that there is only one ruling class in America, the people themselves, who, through their vote, have established the law of our land. The real importance of this freedom depends on our accepting the responsibility not only to know what we are voting for or against, but also to choose our leaders for the best interests of the nation so accept your responsibility and ensure your freedom. Of all things men have discussed and considered today, time is the one of which we know least. We know how to travel in space... And recent physical work has indicated that uh, actually things can travel backwards as well as forwards in time. But we know nothing about it. And one of the things that would be strange on this, how long does it take to travel through time? When you are traveling through time itself, how long does it take to go from now to then? How long was Miss United States in that limbo before she was there I'm talking to you I'm projecting to you are you receiving me yes are you afraid
2: a little
0: not as much as you thought you'd be no have you any idea of where you are
2: I'm in a room. That's
0: all I know. I'm in the next one. We're on the 500th floor of the Institute of Technical Research in the city of Columbia. In your century, I believe you called it Washington. Washington? You understand, this is America.
2: I'm glad to hear that,
0: at least. Yes, I can see it relieves you.
2: You can see me?
0: Very clearly. And am I... Are you... What?
2: Well, what you expected me to be.
0: To some extent.
2: Do you find me unattractive? Alien. Alien?
0: Uh, different.
2: Yes, I know the meaning of the word.
0: At first I was conscious of a sense of, of shock when I first saw you.
2: At least you're frank.
0: Well, I'm a scientist.
2: Do you find me ugly?
0: I said alien. Alien. Of course I knew you would be. I didn't expect you to measure up physically to our standards. The human form has improved a great deal since your century.
2: But why? Was there a
0: reason? Man-made reasons. Can you tell me? Well, it began with interplanetary wars conducted by the nations of the world. The struggle to build empires in outer space on other planets.
2: When was
0: this? Not in your century. You saw only the first feeble attempts to explore space.
2: Yes, I suppose our attempts are feeble.
0: Well, the interplanetary wars did a great deal of destruction, particularly on this planet. Precious documents, books, records were lost, but there was another result. The atmosphere of the Earth became charged with radioactive matter. For a while, it looked as though the human race had become extinct, but it didn't. The human body acclimated itself to new atmospheric conditions and flourished again. But by that time, our physical form had changed. It changed for the better. And today... Go on. Well, today, the human form is the most beautiful creation has ever seen.
2: And by your standards, I am something of a shock to you.
0: Your physical form was, at first, yes.
2: Am I very different from the women here?
0: Very different.
2: To you, they're beautiful.
0: They are beautiful.
2: Would I find them attractive? I don't think so. I might. Oh, no. Why not? If they're so beautiful, I mean.
0: Well, your conception of beauty is not ours.
2: I understand that, but... But what? Uh, oh, I don't know. I was going to say that beauty is beauty. But that wouldn't make any sense.
0: No, the concept of beauty is what matters.
2: But you said beauty is a force. It radiates.
0: The inner beauty radiates.
2: I, I understand that, too.
0: Well, how do you think of the universe?
2: Oh, I think I associate it with God. Identify it with the divine mind.
0: I'm surprised.
2: The universe is a reflection of God.
0: Now I begin to understand why, in spite of your physical form, your beauty reached me. And it has nothing to do with your looks.
2: I... I wouldn't be very gracious if I... if I didn't say thank you.
0: I'm going to keep you here, you know, if I can.
2: I don't think you quite
0: mean that. I mean it in every sense. I want you now to to remember what I've said about the change for the better in human form. I'm going to open the door to your room and come in. Now, now please keep in mind that I do not look as the men of your century looked, but also remember that here I'm, well, I'm supposed to be a reasonably good-looking fellow.
2: I, I would like to see you.
0: Well, you will in the next few seconds. That which is beautiful and befitting, appropriate, depends on the environment it's in. The future people are had to undergo some rather complete changes to meet the environment that, uh, shall we say, we, their ancestors, had imposed on them. A little too much radioactivity. And that which was beautiful is no longer befitting. The thing that is now befitting... We might not think of as particularly beautiful. Is it so bad?
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I...
0: I, I, should not have exposed myself to the shock you feel, to the revulsion you feel at the sight of me.
2: Oh. oh, I'm sorry. I. I
0: should have known.
2: Forgive me. I, I just can't look at you for a moment. I have to, I have to adjust.
0: There's a window behind you. You can look out.
2: Oh, thank you. please don't resent me
0: no I I I was just wondering if you have any idea how incredible to me your revulsion is
2: yes I think I have an idea Uh,
0: you must overlook what sounds like vanity but I have to repeat what I told you before I'm supposed to be more than passably good looking
2: yes I understand
0: but you can't stand the sight of me
2: give me a moment are you looking at me Yes. Does it still hurt you?
0: No. No, I'm too conscious of your inner beauty.
2: I'm very grateful.
0: I'm curious about something. Yes? Are you conscious of any of my impulses? I think so. Do you find them hostile? No. Alien? No. Do they cause you any fear?
2: I don't think so.
0: Or forgetting how I appear to your eyes. Do you like me? Y-
2: yes. Yes, I think you must be a very nice person.
0: The curious thing is... Yes? I was going to say... The curious thing is I'm... I'm still in love with you.
2: You mustn't be.
0: <laughs> Perhaps love is a dimension.
2: I don't know. I... Oh, I'm too confused to think about it.
0: Or perhaps it's in orbit we enter or leave. (laughs) I don't know either. It was just a thought.
2: You can't examine love through a microscope, can you?
0: Well, it's been exposed to every kind of study for centuries. Even the people of your time knew its reactions to be purely chemical. Of course, your poets didn't agree, but then neither do ours.
2: Do you have poets?
0: Oh, yes, we have them. They resist us. They call themselves the last human barrier against science. They refuse to understand what basic science is. What is it? Well, isn't it man's eternal craving to find out more about the universe, the divine mind?
2: Let me go back. Go back? Please.
0: How can you even want to go back? Look, what do you see through that window? Nothing but beauty. Miles of emerald green fields with cities that sparkle like diamonds rising out of them. Nothing but prosperity. Prosperity and peace. And you want to go back to your miserable century? To
2: my people. To my own people. I belong with them. I don't belong here.
0: I'll tell you something. We're being observed, listened to by my associates.
3: Observed?
0: Well, the final decision must come from them. I'm as much a part of this experiment as you are, even though it was my idea. My idea. My idea idea. Now that we've succeeded in drawing you out of your orbit into ours, I I don't think our science will release you. We can learn a great deal from you about the things of your century. Besides, I love you. I, I want to keep you here.
2: Please, please don't touch me. It was. It's all it was. It couldn't have been anything else. It couldn't have been.
0: There are parts of beauty that are eternal, that are not... Not like the physical, that changes. But the beauty of a true and honest personality. This sort of beauty, that will endure. There are things that you can rely on as time goes by. Woman needs man, man must have his mate. On this you can rely. The only thing is, the definition of man and woman will tend to change with the passing of ages. But the fundamental things apply. An honest man and an honest woman. These we need forever. Join us for a fascinating adventure in Exploring Tomorrow. Heard in our cast tonight for Brett Morrison and the real Miss United States of 1958, Charlotte Sheffield. Script was by John Fleming. Produced and directed by Sanford Marshall here in New York. Guy Wallace speaking. We pause now for station identification.
2: The bridge between man and machine. What kind of change? One that changes everything the organic and the digital. His head, it's
0: metal. Your friend Alvin the Chipmunk is a non stop recording hard drive.
2: The ability to record every human sense sight, sound. Even thought. Everything anyone could ever see or hear gets recorded. Any human being could be a spy. This chip will allow us to know everything, as we're the people we sell it to.
0: They'll see all the data. Don't you get it?
2: There is no one that can stop us. Hey, Rockstar. The Rapscallion Agency, a new audio drama from the creators of the Leviathan
0: Chronicles, follows two of its youngest characters, Lizette and Clerican, who move to
3: Paris.
2: Oh, Clerican is in Paris! Welcome to Paris!
3: And find themselves entangled in a sinister plot to control the world's most
2: sensitive information. I can take them out. I thought there were three of them. Now there's two. We've
1: got to get out of here! No one is going anywhere!
0: Leviathan Audio presents The Rat Scallion Agency, available November 1st. Subscribe now on
1: Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.